Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Standing in the knee-high flowing waters of Gibson Creek in Ukiah, California, we visit with some of the 35 volunteers from the Watershed Stewards Project, the Friends of Gibson Creek, and the California Department of Fish and Game in this edition of Radio Curious. The project, organized by Chelsea Neal, an AmeriCorps volunteer, is meant to stop the erosion of a cliff at a bend in the creek that was ruptured by a falling tree. We visited on April 14, 2012. First, I spoke with Chelsea Neal, who describes the work being done, then with Linda Sanders of the Friends of Gibson Creek, and finally with Chelsea's mentor, Dan Resnick, of the California Department of Fish and Game, before we close with Chelsea. You hear the water running under our feet, and the snapping sounds of volunteers working to build a barrier made of willow branches to retain the cliff. We begin our conversation with Chelsea Neal, explaining why this area was chosen for creek restoration. A few years ago, my understanding is that a tree fell across the creek and landed on the bank. And when that happened, the bank became really a lot more susceptible to erosion. And so slowly the bank has been eaten away. And we have a sheer vertical face of just sediment that's being deposited into the creek. This is a negative thing, one, because the land, the landowner, um, they're losing land and property. Also, the increase in sediment is really terrible for steelhead populations. Sediment is considered a source of pollution for steelhead because it gets in their gills, makes them unable to take in more oxygen, and is also really terrible for if they're creating reds where they lay their eggs. There's a, a correlation between an increase in sediment and the survival rate of those eggs. Currently, there's this new technique that's kind of come about Um, and is becoming increasingly more popular. It's called building a willow wall, essentially. So over the past few days, we've gone out and we've harvested live willow. We took larger stakes and we dug holes along the bank of the creek and then placed those stakes about two feet into the creek and then compacted them with sediment. So we have some willow, living willow stakes that are um, standing up vertical and then we've taken smaller pieces of willow sprigs that are also living and we're weaving them in and out of those stakes that are standing vertically to create a solid wall essentially of woven willow that will hopefully take root create a root structure to support the bank and also to deflect some of the water. So the stakes that you've uh, pounded into the creek bed, Mm -hmm. they look like they're two to three inches in diameter and about maybe three feet high above the the water line. Yes, that's correct. Uh, And you hope that those will root out. Yes. As well as the narrower ones that look like they're maybe three quarters of an inch in diameter and maybe six to eight feet tall, they're the ones that are woven in between. Right. They would root out too? Hopefully, um, and I think some of them are even gonna be stuck into the bank um, along the backside so that the the actual wall itself, not even just the base, but the actual wall can support living willow as well. How is this project funded? So this project is a completely volunteer event. Um, 
Some of the aspects of it came from various donations, working with the Friends of Gibson Creek. They're the ones that ordered the dumpster, and we have a porta potty on site for volunteers. I've gotten, I'm borrowing tools from the California Conservation Corps, from the Friends of Gibson Creek. And everyone out here is, is just doing the labor because they're interested in the project. When you mention that people in the Watershed Stewards Project, yes. and which you're in, that's part of AmeriCorps. Yes. You're each supposed to do a project like this during the year is, that you work for AmeriCorps. Right, so that's a part of our term of service throughout the year. Do you do anything with the results of this project? Photograph it, write a paper about it, uh, use it in some other way? Um, so we do, as a part of this project, we also have to do some sort of media campaign, whether it's a pre-press release, um, also a post-press release, and kind of trying to share the knowledge of what we've learned as we go along so that hopefully others can use that as well in the future. Let's talk about what's going on here as we're talking. I see people taking out the blackberries and getting down to the raw ground, mm -hmm. and other people shoveling the raw ground into buckets to move the earth away. Can you describe the, the goal of what they're doing? So the, there's a big project going on right now to do some invasive Himalayan blackberry removal. Himalayan blackberry spreads extremely quickly and it chokes out all other native species. So really along this creek, we're seeing it spread more and more. By removing it, we're hoping to allow some of the more native species to come back. We might also do some willow sprigging in these areas um, so that potentially willow can grow in those areas as well. Some of the earth that's being moved is, is pretty minimal in, in general, but we're just trying to fill in back behind the willow wall that's just across the stream right here so that it's a little bit more stable. The area where the blackberries are being removed from my personal knowledge, I know to uh, have been a habitat for a family of deer many generations mm -hmm. for the past 25 or so years that I've been watching this particular spot. What do you think will happen to them? That's a great question. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to provide some new habitat for them if we can get some willow in the area. And also hopefully some other native species will allow those deer to, to grow in that area as well. On both sides of where you're removing the uh, blackberries, on one side there's ivy, on the other side there's vinca, but across the creek there are more blackberries. Yeah. Uh, isn't it likely that they will regrow or restart here where they're in the area where they're being removed? Yeah, there is a definite possibility of that, especially with these invasive species. We find that they tend to regenerate and regrow, and even though we're coming in and doing all of this removal, anything that's left behind that's even the size of like a pinky finger has the potential to regrow. So I have been talking to some community members and landowners in the area who might be interested in coming out and trying to repull every year. Um, as they see them sprouting, which will be a great way to try and minimize um, their survival in the future. Looking at what's happening here from a geologic perspective, mm -hmm. if that's the right characterization, yeah. and going back here in the Ukiah Valley about 160 years mm -hmm. before people of European ancestry came here, this valley was inhabited by the Pomo people who had lived here, uh, some still do, for over 11,000 years. Uh, and Gibson Creek would have been meandering as it would have mm -hmm. at those times. Um, 
you have any thoughts about how what we're doing here today contradicts the natural uh, evolution of the uh, neighborhood? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's something that as I've gotten more involved in doing ecological restoration that I've thought about as well in terms of what the channel naturally wants to do. Um, and all of the changes that have happened to the creek, like the introduction of Himalayan blackberry being something that's happened post the Pomo people being in the area. And so just trying to give the stream a chance to do more of what it naturally wants to do, I suppose. So the natural movement here is because of, of the uh, terrain. Mm -hmm. uh, the bluff that we're looking at, where the willow wall that you just described is being placed, presumably has been caused by the creek moving and eroding it. Where do you think it may have been before that, before the bluff was created? Oh. Looking at the topography here. That's a great question. Um, honestly, I would say that this bank that's opposing the willow wall is kind of a point bar, and so most likely these are older deposits and the creek has slowly been migrating this way. One reason I believe that we see such an intense bend in this area is that if you look upstream just a little bit, the channel has been straightened and there's a culvert that's in place probably, I don't know, 60 to 70 feet upstream or so. And from that culvert, the channel has kind of been straightened and it causes the water to come straight down directly towards this bank. Um, and that culvert goes under a neighborhood street? Yes, it does. Obviously put there in the past uh, 75 years or so. Yes, definitely. In this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Chelsea Neal, who is the project manager for it's part of the Watershed Stewards Project, and I am a AmeriCorps member and a part of this overarching project that's a part of AmeriCorps as well as the California Conservation Corps. And I personally am placed with the Department of Fish and Game at their field office in Hopland. This is Radio Curious. We're standing in Gibson Creek in Ukiah, California. I'm Barry Vogel. When you say the arching or overarching, mm -hmm. what does that mean? I guess the umbrella of what my project would fall under. There's a number of different sponsors um, and various funding that comes in. So all of these organizations have come together to create this program. Linda Sanders, welcome to Radio Curious as we stand next to Gibson Creek in Ukiah, California. Thank you, Barry. This is exciting to see over 30 people in Gibson Creek and trying to improve the channel and to um, help with the bank stabilization, um, crafting this willow wall so that we can reduce some of the sedimentation problem and the erosion and to make it a happier place for steelhead. You're the uh, coordinator of Friends of Gibson Creek. I am. Tell us about what the Friends of Gibson Creek wish to do and their relationship with the Watershed Stewards Project. Well, we've partnered with the Watershed Stewards Program on a couple occasions, and they're a very dynamic group. Um, usually they're out of the Department of Fish and Game um, location in Hopland. And they're usually partnered with the California Conservation Corps, so they bring in a lot of people power so that we can get a lot done in a short period of time. 
Um, we haven't done restoration in many, many years. Mostly we've been working with the city to be more responsive to the biology of the creek. And um, we've gone to a lot of government meetings um, supporting Gibson, Gibson Creek and the other city creeks. And we do annual creek cleanups. And most recently, the single bag ordinance that's up before the city council on Wednesday, hopefully for adoption, was from the data that we collected at the last um, creek cleanup where um, plastic bags were the third most common item that we pulled from, um, from Gibson Creek. We tend to work in Oars Creek and Gibson Creek. We'd like to spend more time in Doolin. Hopefully the city is putting together a project so that we can feel like if we do restoration it will be supported. So that's a, a long-term goal. How did you connect up with the uh, Fish and Game and the Watershed Stewards Project? Uh, they contacted me actually. The AmeriCorps volunteer is responsible for leading a project so it's their project and then we serve as support we're providing lunch and and we get the word out and we 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 just provide support and that's our connection with them and it's really nice to see so many young people wanting to make our world better i sure agree with that well linda sanders thanks for visiting with us by gibson creek uh on this auspicious day, keeping the bank from eroding. My pleasure. My name is Dan Resnick, and I work for the Department of Fish and Game. I'm an environmental scientist, uh, which is also a fisheries biologist. So standing here in the creek, what is your relationship with this project? Well, at the Department of Fish and Game, we have a couple of AmeriCorps volunteers who come in every year and um, they work with us and one of the requirements of their job is to do an ISP, an individual service project. And so Chelsea, one of the volunteers, chose this project as her ISP. And your role in this project? Well, I'm just kind of doing whatever she tells me. Um, that somewhat I'm overseeing and making sure that uh, everything goes smoothly as well. What's your evaluation of the work that you see here this morning? I think this is great. I think this is lots of people showed up, which is really exciting. The weather is beautiful, which helped people show up. and. Um, the wall is just about done, and the blackberry has been removed from the, the areas that we were thinking it would be removed from. It's going along just great. The wall is, uh, looks like it's going on about three feet above the water line. And it's maybe three feet of what looks like a, maybe an 18-foot uh, cliff. How high will it go when you say it's just about done? I would say that the, the willow, actual, the willow wall is actually complete. There's no, it's not gonna be any higher. Now it's really just a matter of kind of filling in behind the wall. Uh, there's a gap that's about two feet 
at the widest and that's going to be filled in with some stakes and some uh, just willow brush. I, I noticed that the wall goes around the 90 degree turn and then on the cliff side or the bluff side there uh, are some more of the invasive blackberries. Uh, they're going to remain. I presume they'll hold the wall that's there in place. Yes. And a tree that fell across, it, it fell from the erosion in the past year. Are you going to leave that tree there? Um, yes. I, I think that that would be appropriate. We, you know, we really try to leave wood in the creek as much as possible and as much as um, it doesn't interfere with uh, someone's uh, property of the creek. I mean, if there's a severe erosion problem, sometimes we'll move a tree. Uh, but overall, the wood in the creek is really a good thing for the fish. And so we, we want to keep that in as much as possible. It um, provides good habitat for steelhead and salmon. Tell us about the steelhead that uh, come into this creek. Where they come from, when they're here, their breeding possibilities. They come from the Russian River. Which uh, flows into the Pacific Ocean. Right, exactly. So they come from the Russian River. You know, I think some of them are strays from uh, the hatcheries around here. Uh, there's a couple of hatcheries, uh, Worm Springs and um, Lake Mendocino. And th so some of those would be strays, but then there's also a native population that, that comes up this creek as well. And I also understand that there are some volunteers who come and have fish that they, they put in the creek as well. This creek is pretty dry in this portion in the summertime, usually after the end of June. How do the fish get out into the Pacific Ocean and then be able to come back up here? They've got to get out, obviously, before the water leaves. Right, that's a great question. And, you know, generally they come in and they can sense that the water is dropping and they kind of realize, hey, I, I better get going. And, you know, unfortunately, some of them don't, don't make it, especially during uh, dry years. Oftentimes, they'll, they'll be stuck in pools, and hopefully that water makes it through to the fall. But some of those fish just don't make it, but quite a few do. You know? So if we stay in this creek bed and go about three-quarters of a mile upstream, there's water there year-round. Why is there not water here year-round? Generally, you know, higher up in the watershed there is water in many creeks, and then as it drops down to the floodplain, that's where the creek aggrades and has more cobbles and gravel, and so there's water flowing, it's just underneath the, the gravel, so it dries up. Would there be any way of raising or, or lowering the gravel level so that there could be water in this creek year-round? Um, no. Not really. <laughs>
Dan Resnick, I understand that the uh, Fish and Game Department of the State of California has a grant program uh, to fund projects like this. Can you tell us about that grant program? Sure. Um, it's called the Fisheries Restoration Grant Program, and it is funded by NOAA and by the Department of Fish and Game through various propositions. Currently, Prop 84 is uh, funding some of that. And the, the grant program is really for all kinds of different projects that relate to salmonids, uh, which are the steelhead and salmon that inhabit the state. And this is a coastwide program we generally have somewhere between 12 and $27 million per year to put into projects such as this. And there are some very large projects such as dam removal. We remove barriers, uh, culverts, change out culverts for bridges, uh, various things like that. Uh, in some areas, there are uh, education, that we support educational projects, uh, community projects, um, and, and then also bank erosion, such as this one. Uh, if we see it as a priority uh, for the fish, then, then it gets funded as well. What would be the cost uh, or the amount of the grant money that is devoted to this particular project here on Gibson Creek? This is a uh, volunteer, so this was done, Chelsea, as, as who got interviewed earlier, um, she was able to get a bunch of volunteers, so actually no funding from FRGP was provided for this project, except that um, FRGP funds part of the AmeriCorps program, the Watershed Stewards Project. And FRGP stands for? Fisheries Restoration Grant Program. Well, Dan Resnick, thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. Thank you, Barry. Chelsea Neal, this is a really wonderful project to hear about and know that it's being organized uh, literally in my backyard. <laughs> and I thank you for doing that and for joining us on Radio Curious and would like to ask you a couple of questions. Great. One of them is, um, was there a eureka moment or an aha moment in your life that uh, changed your viewpoint of the world or gave you a philosophy that you carry with you? You know, I... I think that one of the biggest moments for me was a few years ago I worked with, doing another AmeriCorps program with the Student Conservation Association and I did a core program out there and I taught environmental education in a rural, rural elementary school. In, that, in my fourth grade class there we started teaching a lot about water and watersheds and water quality and as part of a program with them we started a service learning project to create awareness and then raise some money to donate water or to donate clean water to Haitians. This was right after the big earthquake in Haiti. And the kids were so excited and we had this idea of making greeting cards with a water droplet on front and I had one girl in the class, we had just proposed this idea to them and she came back over the the next weekend and we were going to start this project and she said that she had made her own greeting cards at home and had sold them and had already raised $50 because she was so excited about that project. I think that 
seeing the youth get really excited and to see their excitement and their general interest and investment in the environment is what really drives me. And it's why I'm here, it's why I'm doing this restoration work. And I think that incorporating the youth and education into that is another really key integral component um, that really keeps me going every day and keeps me doing what I am doing. What would you like to do with the remainder of your one precious life? That's a great question. And you know, I feel like I'm just taking it step by step. I've gotten involved in this program and I want to continue to work in the environment, potentially do more restoration work, something that's hands-on, involved, and also gets involved with water, whether it's on a global level or a more community-centered level. I think that water is one of the most integral aspects of our, of our lives and it's a precious resource that I would like to work to protect in. And finally, Chelsea, is there a book that you could recommend to our listeners? Yes, I would recommend Deep Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. It's um, a story of a bunch of different people who find themselves in some sort of environmental crisis. And in each one, it kind of, people tend to survive and not survive. And it's based on circumstances that you wouldn't necessarily think of, such as preparedness, but maybe perhaps something more internal and natural instinct. And it's a fascinating novel that looks at a lot of different elements of survivalists and people who survive in the wild. And I'd like to add that Radio Curious has an interview with Lawrence Gonzalez that can be found on our website. Excellent. Well, Chelsea Neal, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious and uh, for restoring Gibson Creek. Great. It was great to talk to you today. Thank you. This program about the restoration of Gibson Creek in Ukiah, California, was recorded on April 14, 2012, during a watershed restoration project organized by Chelsea Neal, an AmeriCorps volunteer working in conjunction with the Friends of Gibson Creek and the California Department of Fish and Game. The book that Chelsea Neal recommends is Deep Survival, Who Lives, Who Dies, and Why? by Lawrence Gonzalez. You may enjoy an interview with Lawrence Gonzalez on the Radio Curious website. I'd like to conclude this edition of Radio Curious with a favorite song of mine, Healing River, which received its first performance and recording as sung by Pete Seeger in Mississippi in 1964 from his album, I Can See a New Day. Oh, healing river, send down your water, send down your water upon this land. Oh, healing river, send down your water and wash the blood from off the sand. This land is parching, this land is thirsting, no seed is growing on the barren ground. Oh, healing river, send down your water, oh, healing river, send your water down. Seed of freedom, awake and flourish. 
Let the deep roots nourish. Let the tall stalk rise. Oh, seed of freedom, awake and flourish. Proud leaves uncurling unto the skies. Oh, healing river, send down your water. Send down your water upon this land. the blood from off the sand Oh, healing river All Radio Curious programs are free at our website, radiocurious.org. Our phone is 707-462-6541. Email is curious at radiocurious.org. Christina Anastad is our associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.